Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The day of Pentecost is one of those days that is truly joyful because we get to hear God's word, not just like on every other Sunday, but we get to hear about just how powerful the word really is. And we see that in our Old Testament text and in our uh, text from Acts, we see just how powerful words can be. That in speaking itself, oftentimes we take for granted that we even have that ability. Oftentimes we speak without thinking, and that could be good or bad, right? Oftentimes we forget what we say uh, or what we have said, for better or for worse. And we see that words really do have power, but they are of either one of two spirits, that they are either of Satan or the flesh or the world. They're either, they're either of that spirit, which is only from sin, or they're of the Holy Spirit. There's really no in-between. That we see that in the Old Testament texts, with the Tower of Babel or Babel or however you want to say it. It's kind of nice to say Babel because then you're going to get the, the imagery that they're just babbling on and on and on, not understanding one another. But in the Tower of Babel, the people were directly disobedient to God. And they didn't just act that out. They said as much, Right? That what comes before this is a direct command from God after the flood to go forth, to multiply, to fill the earth and subdue it. And they say, nah, I think we'll just kind of all gather in this one place, build a big city and a big tower that reaches to heaven, which means that they were going to be the ones who were close to God. They were going to do things according to their own might and strength, and God surely would smile on that, right? And they said as much. They said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth like God wanted us to do in the first place. It's missing that part, but it's implied, right? They, with their tongue, confess their unbelief. With their mouth, they say things that are blasphemous and idolatrous. They set themselves up as gods, and thankfully, God quickly comes and pronounces judgment on them for their own sake and for the sake of those who are faithful and who would speak the truth of what God has done and what he had promised to do in the salvation to come through the Christ that was to come. I may be kind of going on and on, and I'm a little out of practice since I got back from vacation, right? Taking a week off kind of 
makes things a little tough sometimes, but I was very interested to prepare for this sermon because it's something we need to know more and more of, that our words have power, that our words mean something, that we unfortunately still maybe ascribe to the saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. (laughs) Ever been called a liar when you weren't? Doesn't feel good, does it? Ever been slandered or mischaracterized or spoken in a way that wasn't very kind? No, words do hurt. Words matter, right? And words are either of Satan, the father of lies, or of the Holy Spirit. And we see this, that the word of God, thankfully, proves this point. That in James chapter 3, he says, For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small, is a small, is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our the, the tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast, bird, or reptile, or sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. James makes it clear by the power of the Holy Spirit that words matter. Our lives can be either blessed or cursed with what we say and what other people say about us. That's why we have commandments about these things, right? In fact, I want you all to grab your hymnals. I'd like for you all to open up your hymnals to page 321 for the small catechism. Which begins with, The Ten Commandments, right? And I want us to see just how important it is what we say to each other. What we say about God, even, too, right? First, we have to begin with the first commandment. So I'll 
in typical fashion, I'll ask you what, what the commandment is and what does this mean, and I would like for you all to speak that back to me. So, what is the first commandment? You shall have no other gods. What does this mean? We should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. What is the second commandment? You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not curse, swear, use satanic arts, lie or deceive by his name, but call upon it in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. What is the third commandment? Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. Now I want y'all to skip to the eighth commandment. So what is the eighth commandment? You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not tell lies about our neighbor, betray him, slander him, or hurt his reputation, but defend him, speak well of him, and explain everything in the kindest way. God seems to care a lot about what we say. And he also seems to care a lot about what is said to us when it comes to his word. Does he not? That we see in the, uh, in the first commandment, all sin begins with idolatry. And therefore, all slander, all blessing, all praise, whatever we do with our mouths has something to say about what we truly believe. Who do we fear, love, and trust in above all things, right? That by ourselves, James is right, that by ourselves, what we say, no human being by himself can tame the tongue. By ourselves, we are nothing but slanderers, gossips, people who curse. And I'm not just talking about cuss words. I'm talking about judgment upon somebody else brought about by anger or hatred or wrath. That such a small piece of our body makes a big difference, for better or for worse. That by ourselves, we are like those who built the Tower of Babel. That we like to boast of our own works. Or we like to tear somebody else down so that our works can be seen better. It all begins with idolatry. It all begins with who we fear, love, and trust in above all things. By ourselves, we fail. And by ourselves, we also misuse the name of the Lord our God because we don't always call upon it for every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. Oftentimes in trouble, what do we do? Most of the time, I don't know about you, but most of the time I despair. I sit and I say, how can this ever resolve itself? Is there anything good that can come from this? Surely not. Surely not. 
Have you found yourself there at some point in time saying those things that in every trouble you do not pray? That in every trouble you do not praise and you do not give thanks? So therefore we fail as well in what we say. And the third commandment, I threw that in there because I thought that was very interesting, that we should fear love, fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. Thanks be to God. I give thanks for y'all every single day that it is a miracle that y'all want to come and hear a stutterer tell you the word of God. Thanks be to God for you. Seriously. Seriously. It's no small thing. It's no small thing to come and hear the word that is spoken to you. Because with that word, you have the knowledge of salvation. Paul says, how are they to believe if they have never heard? Right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ. That the Holy Spirit works in a way that is mysterious, but it's not as mysterious as we might think. He works in his word, spoken out loud to you. That in his word is not only the law, the judgment that tells you that you are a sinner, worthy of only damnation and hell by yourself, but the word that also says that Christ came and died for sinners like you. In fact, just for you, he died. For all who believe and all who call on his name, they will be saved. And I took the eighth commandment as well for y'all to speak. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. We should fear and love God so that we do not tell lies about our neighbor, betray him, slander him, or hurt his reputation, but defend him, speak well of him, and explain everything in the kindest way. Oftentimes we only see commandments as something that is prohibit prohibitive, right? Don't do these things, right? Don't murder, right? So you can sometimes catch yourself saying, I've never murdered anybody, therefore I have kept that commandment, but there's a positive side to it. There's always a positive side to these commandments, things that you should do. If you see somebody drowning in a river and you can do something to save them, but you say, well, I'm not actively killing them. I have things to do. You have contributed and you have failed in keeping that commandment. So likewise, in the eighth commandment, even if you're not speaking lies about somebody, even if you're not slandering somebody, if you're not betraying somebody or hurting their good name, if you are not speaking against someone who is, you are complicit. You should defend that person, speak well of them, explain everything in the kindest way. That it's no small feat to have somebody's character and good name trampled in the dirt. And yet oftentimes we can find ourselves saying it with such harmless sounding words, right? Guys can do it, and I know that men and women are different in doing these things, right? Men do it in a way where we can be very blunt and just say, someone, say that someone's a fool, say that they're just 
dumb, they're ridiculous, oh, what, a, what an idiot, or whatever. You know, guys can be very blunt. Ladies, y'all have some finesse. Uh, there's a comedian that was saying, you know, you would never see a movie like Ocean's Eleven or something like that where there's a heist, because it's all a bunch of men. But if you got a bunch of women together, you'd probably just hear a bunch of passive-aggressive comments saying, oh, I just love how you'll just wear anything. It sounds nice, but something in there is a little passive-aggressive, don't you think? So ladies can be a little bit more passive with these things. Guys tend to be more direct. Either way, slander. Either way, it's betrayal. Either way, it's using your tongue to ruin someone's good name. The good name of possibly a brother or sister in Christ who has the name of Christ placed on them. Something to be mindful of, for sure. So you may be asking yourself, Pastor, what are you talking about words for? What are you talking about speech for? What are you talking about the tongue for? Well, Pentecost is all about the tongue. Pentecost is all about language. Pentecost is all about the word. That if we are not speaking the word of God, if we are not giving thanks to God, if we are not doing as Paul says in faith, of course, that all things are sanctified through the word of God in prayer, that we should be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. If we're not doing that, chances are we're doing the opposite. Left alone, our sinful flesh loves to say nasty things, loves to do sinful things. So what are we to do? Are we to continue on like those in Babel, in Genesis 11, who say, come, let us, let us do all these things. Let us build a name for ourselves, lest we actually obey the word of God. Or do we trust in the inspired, the spirited word of God that Peter speaks at Pentecost, and believe when it is said that it shall come to pass. In fact, it has come to pass in Jesus Christ that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let us do that. Let us go forth and understand that no human being can tame the tongue. But it is by the power of the Holy Spirit that we are given the word of God, not just to ponder in our own hearts, but to speak, to give breath to, to give life to. That's what God calls us to do. He did not just perform the miracle of Pentecost, where the curse of Babel was not necessarily reversed, but that all the languages of the world are now sanctified by the word of God. Why would God do that if we were to, supposed to remain silent? How can we remain silent for all the wonderful things that God has done for us through Christ that we know because of his word and that we believe by the power of the Holy Spirit? How can we stay silent? How can we not trust 
that Christ has says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. And the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Brothers and sisters in Christ, let us not go forward speaking with tongues of fire like James talks about, ones that set ablaze our entire lives or the lives of other people, destroying them and destroying their good name. But let us speak by the power of the Holy Spirit, the tongues of fire, not necessarily as the charismatics of the Pentecostals do, right? Actually, absolutely not like they do. But speaking with tongues of fire that would purify us, that would enliven us, that would enliven one another with encouragement, with love, with grace, with peace, sometimes with admonishment, but with forgiveness as well. Let us go forth by the power of the Holy Spirit that has been poured out on us richly in our baptisms and do the good things that have been set for us to do while it is still day, before the night comes when no one can work. Let us speak well of each other. Let us give thanks and praise to God, not of our own doing, but by the power of the Holy Spirit sent by the Father in the name of Jesus Christ, who has died and has been raised for you so that you would not remain silent, but so that you would go and tell everyone what he has done. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.